And welcome to the new edition of the Bruins Beat here on CLNS Media. My name is Jimmy Murphy. I'm joined by one of the biggest Bruins fans there is out there. Uh, you've heard him plenty of times on this network, and his name is Joe Gill. Joe, how are we doing, my friend? Doing good, Jim. How are you? Looking forward to this new endeavor. Yeah, I'm, uh, I, I'm very excited to be uh, one of the new hosts of the Bruins Beat, uh, and even more so to uh, join the family uh that is clnns and i want to thank uh thank our men uh sean and nick and uh for getting us on board here and i i think we're gonna form a an interesting comical musical and of course hockey knowledgeable uh, diabolical diabolical yeah diabolical (laughs) insane yeah we could go on with a lot of interesting superlatives here but uh you know let me you know for those that are maybe listening now because they followed me in the past and they're new to this, yeah. uh, to this network and to this uh, this podcast that is now in its 80th edition, uh, let me get a little background on you. Why don't you, why don't you give us uh, a little synopsis of sure. you know where your Bruins passion came from and how you got involved with CLNNS? Uh, and I know this will be refreshing some of the current listeners, but. Yeah. You're getting some new ones now, so let them know what you're about. Sure thing. Okay, well, we'll just start off with, uh, you know, uh, the Bruins fandom that I uh, have in my blood, in my DNA, if you will. I've uh, been a fan, so I'm 44. I've been a fan probably since, you may, uh, you can probably remind me when Pete Peters played, right, for the Bruins. Oh, I think that was the early like 80s. 82, 83, yeah, yeah. right those years. Yeah, I remember uh, as a little kid. That's right, old, I got in here too, buddy. What's that? That's right when I started watching a team, when I started going to the games at the Old Garden with my grandfather. Yeah. Hey, here we go. Yeah, I mean, that kind of reminds because uh, I remember one of the few things in my childhood that I, that I kind of remember is that uh, I drew a picture of Pete Peters as a brick wall, right, at 10 years old. So uh, it was him. I met Rick Middleton at the uh, the ground round in North Reading. So that was another big moment for me. Um, <laughs> and then also he's I grew up. character, isn't he? Oh, Rick, oh, Nifty, he's great, yeah. I mean, meeting a Bruins player and, you know, going the ground round with the popcorn on the floor, you can't beat that. Um, and then uh, I grew up in Wilmington, so we all know what uh, was in Wilmington, Restucia. So um, as a teenager, my, you know, the, in the heyday in the late, you know, 80s, early 90s, when they had those two cup runs against Edmonton, uh, my friends and I would always hang out at Restucia waiting for uh, – waiting for the guys to come out and get autographs and all that stuff. And, you know, I met Neely and Oates and Bork and, um, you know, some guys I probably, you know, Andy Moog, who was my favorite player in the world, who kind of broke my heart because he was a complete jerk uh, when I met him. So, um, but just like, you know, it's been a fandom I've had. And then, of course, you know, you know, as I got older, you know, I probably watched pretty much every single game if I could. Until the last couple of years, Jim, honest to God, before this turnaround made the playoffs issue, the last two or three years with Shirelli, I was just – it's kind of losing my mind. After the cup win, I mean, it was great. Probably one of the best moments of my sports life and probably life after my my marriage and my son. It's probably number three, and sometimes those could shift. I'm kidding. Um, and, uh, you know, crying like a baby when they won. You know, I could say that. Uh, I feel okay with my, my manhood to say that. Um, That's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and then, you know, um, it was just a um, great moment. I just thought they were going to do uh, be the next L.A. Kings or Chicago Blackhawks and have a little – mini dynasty going we know 13 they were close but uh just the way Shirelli kind of backed themselves in a major corner with the salary cap and the 
and the scout, you know, and the draft picks and all that stuff. That's kind of when, and, you know, stuff was going south and I was questioning the leadership of the team and everything. And it was like into the point where I think right before when Claude got fired and a little bit prior to, they were just hard to watch. <laughs> they were really testing my fandom, man, um, at that point. But then when they got rid of Claude, because I was calling for Claude's head for a couple of years. Um, uh, you know what? You and me are going to have some good arguments like this. I know, I know. You're, I, you're, I've got some. I've got some inside info that I'm going to bring you on this show that uh, that may change that point of view you're talking of. I know uh, you're a Claude guy. Claude and Claude Peter. Guy. No, it's not about being a Claude guy. It's about just facts and the truth, and that's something we'll uh, we'll definitely. Oh, that'd be great. I mean, I, I love to be enlightened. From, uh, the rumors that 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 circulated around this town and the agenda that was set down yeah. uh, from the Jacobs clan, who I think we mutually. Oh yeah, agree. I know. Propaganda we machine. Spies. Like, yeah, I think then, we can both uh, say that, you know, we may argue, but we're going to be in the same boat there that I don't think I, I find it hard for anyone to defend Jeremy Jacobs. I, nope. I just, yeah, no matter what. No, I mean, every, you know, you probably, I mean, I, I heard a lot of people like, well, you know, he's, they're spending money now. This isn't the eighties and, uh, you know, and so forth when they were one or two players away from winning those cups against Edmonton, they're different, you know, they're spending the money and all that stuff. Well, I mean. They weren't spending it wisely. At the end of the day, what's <laughs> yeah, that? You know, yeah, that's great. They're spending money. They're spending just the same as uh, more than half the league because there's a cap that was yeah. created by Jacobs himself. I yeah. mean, he basically he made the league the way he likes to run his team. He created you his know? own monster. Yeah. So I don't think he should be credited. But you know what? We don't have enough time because we're doing a, a <laughs> short talk about it for years, months. Made it voyage, but uh. All right, I like your background there. We obviously come from, uh, we're obviously in the same age group. We obviously uh, come from the same era. I grew up myself in Boston, and whether people believe it or not from my tweets, because I'm always bashing the Bruins, uh, because I just think there's been plenty to bash lately, as you pointed out there. Um, I I think that, you know, I hope they can remember when they listen to us that, like you, I was a diehard fan too. I, I probably went to every home game, I probably went to, I'd say, 83% of the home games at Boston Garden nice. uh, from 1983 to 1995 when, it, when the thing shut down and when my sister and I were like, I guess, two out of the last 10 to leave the, the building, we found out. And the next day, we were on the front page of the Boston Herald, the Boston Globe, saying, two oh, no fans can't leave. Yep. So, I mean, yeah, of course, I mean. People forget, like, us hockey media, writers, radios, whatever you want to call me. We, we, we end up in this job because, A, we, we sucked as players and we couldn't, we couldn't make us play. <laughs> and, 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 B, uh, you know, most of us are kind of the Cliff Clavens of the sport we cover, right? And, you know, it's, our, yep. it's a passion. So, of course, I was a fan before. But as I tried to do in my later years of, of being a fan as opposed to a fan and media, it, it, I, I want to tell it like I see it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what I hope to bring to this show. You, people may not agree with it. It may not be the popular view. It may not be what you've heard or what others have heard, but I'm going to tell you what I know. And I'm going to, I'm going to put it out there and, and tell you like I see it. And I hope that, uh, the listeners will enjoy that. I hope you can enjoy that too, Joe. And I, I, I think already I know from our experiences in person yep. and on the air, I, I think that we respect each other's opinions, whether they differ or not. Well, I mean, I know you and I talked about at my blog, a event about, you know, when Tuca was getting crucified, 
for various reasons, and I know you have some information about that. And I think, you know, the case in point, you know, I think he gets a bad rap in this town because I do think he's still a top five goalie, um, and the Bruins would not even been in probably position to make the playoffs by a few points those two years they missed it, and to make it this year if it wasn't for him. So, you know, people are just so uh, short-sighted, you know. Uh, and yeah. They, and they, you know, they got the Tim Thomas militia, you know what I mean, the Tim Thomas uh, uh, footy-wearing pajama crew out there. Like, that dude's never coming back. He had – I had a big argument with people. Like, he had one historic year, and if you look at the rest of his career, he was average. <laughs> I, I – I'd say he had more three historic years. I mean, remember, he did win a Vesner in 09, too. Okay. Know? Right? Oh. But, I mean, I know, I know what you're saying. He wasn't exactly catching lightning in a bottle, right. but he was catching, like, climate change in a bottle, if you get my drift. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't exist. <laughs> but uh, what I'll tell you is, you know, I agree with you, and I, I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, yeah, you said it. I, there's some shit that I can't say on the air here. I, I'm not, you know, it, it's just, it would betray uh, the trust I've built with Tuka. It would betray the trust I've built with people in this business. But people need to remember, and I'm guilty of it just as much as fans and vice versa. These are human beings we're talking about. Right. And, yeah, and, and their life isn't just within the confines of the rink or, or the game. They have lives. And, and Tuka's got a family. He's got yeah. kids. Uh like a lot of us, and uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta t- sometimes take things with a grain of salt and, and not jump to conclusions all the time. Like uh, certain on-air people in this city, <coughs> Michael Felger. Um, you love Felger, <laughs> and, and the guy, and the guy who has his lips stuck to uh, Felger's ass uh, mm-hmm. would be Tony Maserati. Yeah, you know, guys like those tick me off. Yeah, I, I just they throw stuff out there, and I get it. I've done it too, you know, to, to see if it sticks and, and to see if uh, you're going to get some traction there and get listeners. Fine. But the problem is, is that Bruins fans are so passionate oh. that they run with that. And then they think They're that like rabid animals, they think that is the absolute truth. And I hope that you and I through, through our banter here on the Bruins beat on CLNS media um, can sort of dissolve, you know, like dissect that, so to speak. And, and and get to the bottom of it for our listeners. So I, I think it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun here. And you know what? We're only doing like a half hour show, so let's get right into it right now. We are in the midst of what I like to call the real trade deadline, but yet this trade deadline runs the span of a week usually, right. and maybe a week later if you count free agency with the NHL entry draft and free agency. But now we've had extra days added on because of the current. NHL expansion draft that's going on, and there's a uh, you know just been a ton of chatter over the last week. Uh, my phone, I've been glued to it. I'm, I'm I just started a bartending job. I'm I'm trying to sleep. I'm trying Where's to bartending man. Where you bartending? I didn't want to get in trouble with the manager. She's like, can't use your cell phone here. I'm like, yeah, but like it's you know the expansion draft. She's like, what the hell are you talking about? So uh, you know I can't get fired <laughs> over it, but I'm doing my best to stay on top of things. Um, and I, I urge uh, our followers to, to to follow us here. Follow me on Twitter at Murphy's Law seventy four. I'll try and give you as well. By the way, what's your Twitter handle there, Joe? Uh, Big Bad Bruins eighty eight. There we go. So that's where you will find Joe Gill. So follow us 
uh, within this period we're talking about all the way up until, I'll say, like July 7th. And that's when things will start to finally calm down. People think the hockey season ended when the Penguins hoisted a cup. (laughs) It just got cuckoo. And the Bruins, just like every other NHL club, have a chance to improve, keep their roster the same, or make it worse in in this period we're speaking of right now. And, uh, Joe, as this period began, as a Bruins fan, on your mind – what was the ultimate thing you want to see the Bruins do? And I'm going to let you know as we speak if they're currently close to that or at least working on it. Right, right. Yeah, I got you. Well, I mean, we all know that they're going to start, uh, you know, infusing the talent. I mean, the young talent they have coming up, right? So, um, you know, Charlie McAvoy, we all know, is pretty much here to stay. He showed enough in the playoffs. Blew my mind. I think blew most, maybe yours as well, most Bruins right, fans. Joe, and I had already seen him play a lot. Joe, but yeah. I mean, nothing could have predicted what he did in the playoffs. It was amazing. Oh, so he even surprised you too. Okay, yep. I mean, yeah, I mean, that was the maturity level of that kid and the amount of minutes he played and how he kept, you know, he kept Chara somewhat fresh, right? Because Chara, you know, put up, what, 25 minutes a game, I think, something like that, um, for a guy who's almost 40 years old. So that was very impressive. I mean, then you got um, JFK coming up and you got um, – Bjork signed, which was a good surprise. I mean, everybody was telling, you know, you might know some more about that, Jim, that he wasn't going to sign. He's going to go back to ND, Notre Dame. So that was a very good, nice surprise. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, I'm forgetting someone on the top of my head, and I can't remember the other Ford. Uh, that, what, what, they're rookies? Oh, we got DeBrus coming up and, uh, you know, uh, Sishin, and you got uh, Zaboral. Uh, That's, you know, the, the three guys they drafted a few years ago, they're all – Maturing at a good rate, so it looks like uh, one of them is probably going to, what, DeBrus might break the uh, lineup, right, in Boston? Yeah, he could. He could, yeah, but Go ahead. The, the one thing to remember, though, too, is, you know, and that's why th- this period we're in right now is going to determine a lot of if those guys you're talking about can break the lineup, because hopefully, I, I can tell you for a fact that the Bruins are trying to unload a lot of veterans and a lot of salary right now. Jimmy Hayes? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, good luck with that. Yeah, I know, right? Don't take it him. I, before we go on, I want to tell you guys right now that I had an NHL source tell me, okay? Um, I, I, I can't. That's all I can tell you is yeah, that's an fine. NHL source. I, I don't want to get into details to sort of give off who it was, but this is comical. Oh, please tell me. And here's some breaking news for you on the Bruins beat here on CLNS Media. The Boston Bruins, according to my source, all right, now I, I followed up with my Florida sources and my Boston sources, and they all denied yeah. it, but I still trust this source. Just, and, and by the way, for fans out there, let's let's make it clear that when teams deny it, that usually means it's true. That doesn't mean it's not, all right, like, oh, okay, that's it, it's over, it's not true. That usually means it's actually true. Uh, so both sides denied this, but according to my source, the Bruins called the Panthers recently and offered Jimmy Hayes back for Riley Smith. No, they didn't. Are you serious? <laughs> they tried to reverse it? Oh, my God. Straight up. The same trade. Like, hi, we made a mistake. Um, Real bad one. Let me let me pick up your bar tabs for life. Uh, yeah. And, t- you know, pay for a couple vacations for you. But please, please, can we just... Get a do over here. Yeah, they actually did that. Please? And uh, a lot of people got it. A lot of people in the hockey world, the insiders, the scouts, 
management. Uh, this got around pretty quick. Um, and, and yeah, and just another was, thing to laugh at the Bruins for. How many more? How many more years to get on his contract, Jimmy? Was it Jimmy Hayes? Yeah. I'm going to have to go check that right now as we one speak, but I want to say off the top of my head, one more. I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, I know uh, Jason. But, but Riley team. Smith has five years at $5 million. So well, I, don't, you know. I still actually would do that deal if I was Bruins. Well, I mean, he had, one, he had his good se- first good season, and then he kind of tailed off, and then we thought he, you know, he was a bust, and then he played fairly well in Florida. But I remember, I don't know if you know this, but we actually started a GoFundMe page uh, to actually buy out Jimmy Hayes from his contract. <laughs> <laughs> but we didn't get much we didn't get any money on it but it was a funny thing it kind of went around but yeah what a he was yeah and also I'm, I'm, by the way joe just to not to cut you up but i am correct ufa uh after this coming season he's making 2.3 so i mean it, 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 in so many ways that deal would be idiotic for the bruins just the fact they get the nerve to still ask uh, but then you look at the money you're taking on when it's pretty clear you're trying to free up money right now and filter in young kids. Um, I want to get back though, Joe. Get back. So, all right, you want you, you like that they're filtering the young guys. Yes. But uh, through the expansion draft, uh, and, and people say, well, how can the Bruins improve uh, via the expansion draft? Well, through trades, and, and yes. you know, as we'll get into, as you'll see, you know, between now and our next podcast. You'll understand what we're talking about, that uh, th- this expansion draft and, and the way the NHL constructed it has just opened the doors wide open for so many deals that you would have never seen until maybe the Thursday before the draft starts on Friday. Um, right. and it's, it's great. But So if you're Don Sweeney, give me the primary thing you're doing right now uh, to improve this team. And on July 7th, let's say, right. uh, sit down with the media and let the f- fans know where you stand for the upcoming season. Well, I think I think you need to, well, you can improve the team by subtraction and unload some of these veterans like the Adam McQuaid's of the world. And, uh, you know, um, Colin Miller looks like he's not going to pan out by here. It will be gone if Colin Miller isn't taken by Vegas to then yeah. turn around and trade him to Toronto. We'll see right. if that happens. I saw that. Yep, I saw yeah. that about that. Yeah, right so now, Adam McQuaid is the target on the Bruins roster as we record this. He is the target for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, because well, which would be good for the Bruins, of course, because you know we all we all said that after Kevin Miller had a really good bounce back season, which I was never a Kevin Miller fan, but you got to give the guy his uh, kudos. He played very okay. well last year. Yeah, and uh, Adam McQuaid and him are the same guy, so it'd be good to get rid of you know Adam McQuaid, and he's always injured, as we all know. I don't think he's played a complete season since 2011. Um, so I think, you know, showing up that defense, putting some of the younger guys back there, they definitely need to do that. Uh, and then, you know, the firepower up front. I mean, outside of the um, number one line, which has been a rotating door with, uh, you know, you have Bergeron and Marshawn, of course, but then who the hell? It could be Pasternak, it could be Backus, who knows? But they need some stability after that first line because they really don't have any. They're still trying to figure that out, and they need to get Crutchy, his winger that he's been wanting forever. Um, Stafford well, 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 wait, 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 just one sec. Why do they have to get Crutchy, his winger, and not Crutchy just play better? Well, no, I agree there, too. That's absolutely I mean, it's like, at what point do they stop spoiling David, David Crutchy and letting him lean on that as an excuse? I mean, well, the second he did that, what was that, two years ago? Yeah, when he took a shot at the team, and he was like, "Well, you know, if they gave me a permanent ring winger again, 
uh, like I have with Nathan Horton uh, or Milan Lucic, uh, then maybe I'd be better. No. How about you go out and just do your job and shut up and, and stop being yeah. such a – I look, I'm with you on everything you just said, and I think one thing that I would have stressed a little even more is they need a number one and number two defenseman because Zidane Ochar cannot be that guy anymore. Yes, it's amazing what he did. I'm not dispelling that. But you can't depend on him. It's it's not fair to him. It's not sure. fair to you. It's not fair to the future of this organization. So I think that would be my primary focus. And I can tell you that it is Don Sweeney's. I know for a fact he's been in a lot of talks uh, for guys like Vatnin. Uh, I, I, I think, you know, he's probably likely. We heard Brodeen, but according to Michael Russo of the Minnesota Star Tribune, uh, on Monday, that wasn't a case. The Bruins will never close on him. Um, but they are in a lot of defense right now, uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But my other thing, I would have exposed Krejci. Really? I know that, like, I mean, Vegas isn't going to take him because they said right up front that they're going to take as minimal big salaries as they right, can. Right, right. Um, but I would have exposed him. Because that, that, Jim, what, I see that what, on what, what could have happened, Joe? What could have happened is what and what you know we'll likely be discussing happened a lot. Is that Vegas could have worked out a deal with say Anaheim mm-hmm. for Vatnin, right? One of their young D men or Minnesota, they could have worked out a deal with a team that feels like they're knocking on the door and needed a number one center. And, and take in Krejci, and then they never have to pay his salary because they just turn around and deal him to that team. Um, and then the Bruins are free of that money. They're free of this crybaby who blames everyone except himself, and they can move on. You know, I, I don't know. It'll be interesting. It was interesting that they didn't do that. I just thought it would have been worth the risk. Speaking of crybabies, I mean, is that uh, I mean, Ryan Spooner was not <laughs> on that list, which is shocking as hell to me. So they just got all awesome, buddy. I'm telling you right now. What's that? That's because he's he's approaching Jimmy Hayes' status, where yeah. you might be lucky if you get a bag of pucks from. Oh. That's how bad his value went down. When I look, as you said earlier, despite however you felt about Claude Julian. Yeah. When he went out. Oh, he's right about it. Yeah, he's not right. Julian. Yeah, but right or wrong. Yeah. And that, that's a whole separate show, in my opinion. But, I mean, right or wrong, you don't say that. You just don't. No, I know. He's, no, right? No, that was, no. I meant Spooner. Every GM looked at him right there and they said, look, kid, you know what? Claude's actually right. You do suck in your own end. And, yes, you've got a good trade-off in the fact that you're an amazing power play player. You've got some raw skill. But you're not in a position to sit there and blame the coach. Incredible. And I don't want I don't want a young kid like that. If that's if he's already thinking like David Krejci at age twenty four, whatever he is, you don't want him. And I, I I think that really put the Bruins in a bad spot there because I know they had already been trying to deal him. And then when a lot of GMs saw that, they're like, you know what, this kid's a bad egg. I don't want him. Well, I mean, and then you know you got I probably rubbing off on Toronto when he said something too. Um, but you know. Though. I'll give him a little credit, though. That was not as much as a shot at Claude as it was just at the situation. Okay. You go back and look at it. But I, I know what you're saying. That that didn't help either. I mean, these but, kids need to learn to can it. Just go out there and play. You know, how, how, fall, how far some have fallen, like when, uh, you know, when Chirelli was still there, 
you know, Spooner was off the table and Malcolm Subban was off the table. We wouldn't, we're not even going to talk about those two guys trading them and look at them now. I know. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. Oh, speaking of Malcolm. This is why we need so many, so much more time, Joe. I could tell you some good Malcolm Subban oh, stories. I love it. I love inside stuff, man. But 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 let's just—it's—it's it's well known knowledge. Uh, it's out there for anyone to see. It's fact. Can you believe that Matt Murray was drafted after him? Oh, good lord! Please. Yeah, you can't you can't hit them all because before uh, the last two a uh, couple years we didn't hit any. Yeah, hello Zach Hamill. Uh, <laughs> anyhow, hey, listen, I, I I think I'm with you on that, and I, I will tell our listeners that. Uh, Right now, as far as I know, as we record this, and I don't want to make this too time sensitive, but I mean, Don Sweeney is in talks with as many as eight teams, as far as I know. Uh, His main target is a young, already NHL experienced one or two defensemen, and he knows it's going to cost him an arm and leg. He may end up dealing some names where you're going to be like, whoa, what, what? And I'm with him. They have to. I think he needs to do what he can get there because he's got McAvoy, so there's there's one of your top pairing, but yeah. you need another one to go there, or you need an or or maybe you put a stay at home with McAvoy, yeah. and then you and then you put a top sort of one two guy that can can be that third defenseman and put a stay at home with him and you get that balance. Who knows? Oh, Z's gonna, you, Z definitely falls to three or four now. I mean, he's he's. I, I think play. I think Z's almost. Approaching five or six. Ooh, ouch! Hey, I I don't know I mean, about you, but I thought he played very well last year. Considering I thought he played great, but I mean, we're talking next year now, so you're sure. talking four more months on on, on the age calendar here, and mm-hmm. you're talking about a guy that was playing minutes last year that a guy his age should not be playing. And not saying that he can't play him, he did it like you said, he did a good job playing them, right. but you know. Mother Nature kicks in sooner or later, as, as you and I both know. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, so true, Jimmy. <laughs> yeah. You know, maybe we should do a podcast on that. But uh... <laughs> oh, no, that would be depressing. <laughs> I'm all set on that part. <laughs> it could be comical, too, though. I, I, I think a lot of people can relate. But, uh, hey, listen, all I'm saying is you need – I think, yes, it's great they're getting younger, but it seems to me like they're getting really younger up front and not young enough on the back end. And I think that needs to be the goal right now. Uh, I keep Duca as is. I'm fine with the job he did last year. Yeah, I thought he had too. a great bounce back here. So what uh, do you do for backup? Do you still go out and look for someone? Because Hadoba oh, yeah. you know, had no, a little no, bit of a streak at the end, but that was it. I mean, he yeah, and, and I think one of the places to look is Vegas. Because Vegas, uh, as, as the listeners, by the time they listen to this, will probably find out, is it, likely drafting a lot of goalies. Um they're going to have some goalies to deal. That's a good place to look. Uh, and there's a lot of good young goalies out there. So many teams are up against it. You can steal a guy right now. It just takes scouting. And I hope that's what the Bruins Pro Scouts were doing this past year because I agree with you. The goaltending backup position needs to be taken care of. I'd look at Jimmy Howard in Detroit, to be honest. Oh, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind him at all. But his salary is kind of tough, so I don't know. Yeah, true, true. You know? But, uh, you know. Peter Morazic. Who the yep. Red Wings exposed? Who knows? Hey, I mean, like uh, you know, wise man once told me from uh, from the first uh, version of this show, 
that, uh, you know, got to be patient. The youth movement's coming, and I didn't want to believe anything he said. Uh, I think his name was Jason. Uh, anything he said, but, you know, he was right because I, I wanted to win. You know, I want to get back in the playoffs and win today. But after seeing how they sprinkle some of the kids in there, how McAvoy's coming, I mean, he's exciting right now. It's exciting the future, finally. Yeah, and, you know, and, and, and you know, good on Jason because that's the way you have to be in the salary cap era. Uh, things are so different now. You can't you can't be like the old Rangers uh, of old, you know, where it was always about win. Now you can't do that. It, it's impossible, and you have to realize after that to you know balance the present and the future, and don't get stuck in the past. Oh, they did that and for too long, was, Mr. Shirelli. I think that was one of the Bruins. I don't know if it was all Shirelli. We'll get into that another show, but I sure. think in general the organization, just as many organizations that win a cup do they get stuck they fall too in love i mean you know i was watching the red sox uh just to make a baseball reference i was watching the red sox royals and i heard uh i i think it was jerry remy talking about you know the, the royals is sort of at that point where they can't continue to be so in love with those guys that core that brought them a world series few, a few years ago uh where they're gonna have to start to filter some of those guys out you know and and that there's no cap in baseball. All they have is a luxury tax. So can you imagine if they're talking about that in baseball, how difficult it is in, in hockey? And I, I, well, I think that the Bruins have done a great job in the last few years of really cultivating that system again and, and realizing this is how it has to be done. How did I mean? How did the Blackhawks do what they did? I mean, they, they look like they completely oh beat the God. system. Unreal. That's catching up to them, though, isn't it? So oh, now, finally, I mean, that first-round knockout to Nashville, I think, really woke people up that they might be on the back nine, finally. Yeah, and I, I think that you and I might be talking about it maybe a little, even though it's not necessarily directly Bruins-related, but I think we're going to be here maybe by the time we record again. We could be recapping a monster Blackhawks trade. I mean, they're talking about, you know, getting rid of the likes of uh, Kruger or some third-liners, but... You look at their cap situation, man. They're they're in a lot worse shape than the Bruins, and they might have to move a big name like a Corey Crawford. So we'll see what happens. Well, you know, but if I had to make a trade, like in thirteen in that Stanley Cup, I mean, those two teams, a couple bombs the other way, the Bruins win that series. I really feel that way. Um, but they were very, you know, very close talent wise and all that stuff. I thought very close, especially in that series. But then, uh, you know, after that, the management, the mismanagement, took one team one direction, one team the other. So it just but- tells you. If you don't have a great guy as a GM or a guy that really knows what he's doing or, you know, sold this. I think scouting is even more important. I, I, I think scouting actually trumps being a GM. I yeah, think, you're right. You're right. You're right. But they on, had on a really the, bad run. Yeah. But I, I think even on the flip side, but part of that is the GM because he better put together a good amateur and pro scouting department. I will tell you, though, I don't necessarily blame it all on management there. I think there are a lot of deals you know what, that, I mean, if you go back and look at it, we could, we could dedicate a whole show to this. Maybe, what deal would you have been able to do differently and win that cup that didn't screw you up later on, Sally Capra-wise? Well, I mean, I thought, I thought they really sold their souls to the devil in that cup, if you think about it. I mean, they did. They did. They, they did, but are you, are you upset about it? No, mean, I mean, no. Not, I mean, you and I then, never no. saw a cup in our lifetime, you know? <laughs> I know I'm greedy, man. We can. Yeah, you know, I think as Boston sports fans, we've become very greedy over the years, and I understand it. But um, just quickly, and I I think this is goes back, circling back to what we're saying about a one or two defenseman being the the primary target here in in these three weeks that we're in the midst of now. Um, 
when Zidane Ochara was treated like a turnstile uh, at a great concert, you name your band, and I know you and I are great music fans. We're going to have a lot of good music in this show. But when he was treated like a turnstile by the Montreal Canadiens in 2014 in that seven-game series yeah, yeah. Uh, that the Canadiens won on TD Garden Ice, uh, you know, right then he was exposed not only within that series, within the confines of it, but he was exposed to the whole NHL by the Canadians there. And I remember sitting with Russ Conway, legendary hockey writer, and Russ looking at me saying, they need to trade him right now. If they wait three months, it's too late. They need to trade him right now. Now, of course, you've got to get him to waive the no movement clause. So that's a whole other story. I know for a fact they weren't shopping him at all then, and they should have been listening a lot to offers then for Zanano Char because I think that his value league-wide was, was still at an all-time high. Right. I'm not saying that he hasn't, he's hasn't. he been horrible since because, as we both said, I think he's overachieved. I think he's been yeah, he's still a slug guy. But that was the moment, I think, when a lot of stuff hit the fan. And... You know, yeah, if they had to look back, that's what they got to do. So now they got to realize, as we're saying now, let's circle back to right now. We're both in agreement, Joe, right? Right. Don't fall in love with anybody right now. No, definitely not. This is a business. And if it means giving part of a guy that wears that cup ring from 2011, right. you got to do it. And that's why Adam McQuaid was exposed. I mean, he's no, a big bro. guy in that clubhouse, man. Whether we agree with his contract or not is a different story. But he's a key part of that clubhouse. Oh, yeah, he is. I mean, they lost a lot of that leadership, you know, over the years. So. Yeah, and so to lose character at that, that's a sacrifice, but that's part of moving forward. So sure. uh, as the Bruins hopefully move forward, uh, I'm excited to move forward, Joe, with you yep. on uh, this here, Bruins Speed podcast on CLNS Media. Uh, this is our first edition together, man. I had fun. Yeah, Jimmy and Joe, this is how we're going to do it. Jane and yeah. Jay, baby. <laughs> Murphy and Gill sounds like a like a law firm for the IRA. Yeah, <laughs> well, it sounds like a good uh, Irish drinking team. Yeah, we should have a, an office and a pub in Southie. There we go. That hey, listen, good. This is the uh, the Bruins beat with Joe Gill. I'm Jimmy Murphy. Signing off. We will talk to you when the madness is over. Stay with us here on CLNS Media. <laughs>